Welcome to another episode of the Omnicare Infusion Nurse Podcast Series. Today's topic is hypodermoclysis, an alternative to IV therapy. This year's flu season is predicted to be a challenging one. Hypodermoclysis can be a great addition to your infusion therapy toolbox to meet the hydration needs of our patient population. Achieving IV access in the geriatric population is often difficult, especially in the dehydrated patient. Hypodermoclysis, or clysis as it is often called, is cost-effective, easy to administer, and is safer than IV rehydration, but many nurses and even physicians are unfamiliar with the procedure. Today's panel consists of myself, Angie Cosgrove, along with Stephen Overby and Peggy O'Keefe, we are all nurses who specialize in infusion therapies at Omnicare, a CVS health company. We will be your infusion experts for today's discussion. So let's begin. Peggy, what is hypodermoclysis? Well, basically, Angie, clysis is the infusion of fluids into the subcutaneous tissue for the treatment and prevention of mild to moderate dehydration in the adult patients. Fluids that are given via hypodermoclysis are absorbed through the subcutaneous tissue by processes of diffusion and perfusion. Right, and this method, uh, Peggy and Angie, was uh, very popular in the 40s and 50s because IV therapy had not become the norm at that time. But we've seen a resurgence in clysis therapy today because it's been proven effective in the geriatric population where slower infusion rates are recommended. Hypodermoclysis can also assist um, Stephen and Angie in the prevention of unplanned hospital admissions. Um, because you don't have to get an IV in when you give um, through hypodermoclysis, it can prevent those hospitalizations needed for your patients just for hydration. This modality is considered safe and possesses fewer serious complications. Actually, studies have shown the absorption rates giving for clysis are similar to the same route for IV. And that's when we're doing it for mild to moderately dehydrated patients. Yeah, and that, guys, reminds me of a story. Um, recently, we had uh, about 15 to 20 patients that needed to be rehydrated due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And can you imagine having to start 15 to 20 uh, peripheral IVs on a patient, especially our patient population. The DOMs at these facilities reached out to the local IV nurse educator for assistance, and the IV nurse was able to recommend changing the orders to clysis and get the hydration therapy started much quicker and prevent those kind of hospitalizations. Wow, that's a great story, Stephen. So, Peggy, what are the advantages of delivering hydration fluids via clysis? Well, first, it's um, less costly, and it requires minimal equipment. The procedure, as it is, is easily mastered by the nursing staff, and it requires the same monitoring parameters as when you would be administering IV fluids. It can be more comfortable for the patients. In fact, it actually is, because the needle involved is very different. It's a nice, small, thin-like insulin pen needle as opposed to an IV catheter, so there is more comfort for the patients. And um, it has fewer risks involved in it. There's no risk of thrombophlebitis. There's a lower risk of fluid overload or pulmonary edema because when you're giving it through clysis, it has to be um, perfused and diffused 
and as opposed to just like with an IV, which is putting like a straw into the vein and just keep pumping it in. And also, there's not the complication of sepsis. Although places can be given via an infusion pump, at Omnicare, we recommend giving this therapy via gravity using an administration set with a manual flow control device. When you use the um, manual flow control device, um, there's less pressure that you're giving um, pumping fluids into the patient. Also, hypodermic lysis can be administered either using a single or a double needle safety set. At Omnicare, we recommend the double needle setup, and when you use the double needle setup, it allows for you to give 62 milliliters an hour at each of the two IVs um, sites that you're using, and therefore that's like equivalent to an eight-hour rate. So a greater volume of fluids can be given in that way. Oh, thank you for that information, Peggy. Are there any limitations to this therapy? Uh, yes, Angie, there are. You must first remember that you have to have the correct fluid. Um, the most, uh, the, the main fluid that we see prescribed today is normal saline. Uh, so you need to have either an isotonic or a near isotonic fluid uh, like normal saline whenever you start. So you make sure you have that order. Um, then you have to think about are there other medications that need to be administered. If you have an order for uh, antibiotics, that are to be given, you have to give those through an IV. They cannot be given through hypodermic lysis. And the patient must have an inch of sub-Q tissue to pinch. So you need to think about pinch an inch because when you pinch that sub-Q tissue, you create that sub-Q pocket for those fluids to go into and to be absorbed from. So uh, this would not be recommended for the emaciated patient. And um, sites that would be appropriate for hypodermic lysis would be the abdomen, two inches away from the umbilicus, uh, the thighs, the arms, the lower back, and the subscapular area. Okay, so we have talked about limitations of this therapy. In what patients would clysis be appropriate? Well, the patient that would be appropriate for clysis would be the patient that is mild to moderately dehydrated. Um, you want to catch them on that early end of dehydration, so don't let them get completely dehydrated, then that would be maybe a situation where you would need to do IV fluids, but um, catch them on that mild to moderately dehydrated end and you can start clysis. Um, and once the nurses have been educated and realize how easy clysis therapy is to initiate, um, they work closely with the doctor and their nurse practitioner to develop a protocol to initiate clysis at the earliest signs of dehydration. So this would allow quicker recovery and, again, help reduce hospitalizations like we discussed earlier. Um, you got to also remember our DIVA patients, the difficult IV access patients. Um, when an IV can't be placed because they have poor venous access, clysis can be used to rehydrate that patient. You're not looking for a vein. You just need subcutaneous tissue, so it's easier to get that needle into that subcutaneous tissue than trying to look and find a vein in a, in a patient that is a difficult IV access. Patients with dysphagia and nausea and vomiting would be appropriate to use this therapy for. Um, your confused patient, this is a better choice for them. You think of the saying, out of sight, out of mind. If you can put that needle where they can't see it, then they won't be uh, apt to be pulling at it and you it's not going to get pulled out, and it's not going to lose your access for your fluids. 
your oncology patients with hydration needs, this is good for, and your palliative care patients. Now, the other thing is we talked here about uh, appropriate patients, but we need to think about the inappropriate patients. So just remember, like what Stephen just said, they have to have the subcutaneous tissue. If they have a lack of subcutaneous tissue, like your cachectic patients, it won't work because you can't pinch to get that subcutaneous space. Also, patients like who have bleeding disorders, clotting disorders, even coagulation issues would not be appropriate. We don't want to put a needle in them, even as fine as they are. Patients who need high volume fluid replacement, they need a lot of fluid and they need it fast. Patients who are already edematous where the tissues are already saturated, these patients are not going to be appropriate because first of all, if they need a lot of fluid, this has to be absorbed, it's not that strong to the vein. If this tissue is already saturated because they have already edema going on, there's not that great a differential to help draw the fluid in. And then um, if there's leaking at the site, course, we wouldn't want to give more. And then if they need something else IV besides fluids, like maybe they need an antibiotic or, you know, um, that would um, be another reason that it makes this an inappropriate therapy for our patients. And then, of course, um, always keep in your mind, you know, according to the MDS, Long-Term Care Facility Assessment 3.0, which was from October of 2019, code section K0510, Nutritional Approaches, actually list this as a covered therapy. Well, that's great information, Peggy and Stephen. So if I were looking for additional education, does Omnicare have something available that I could um, take a look at? Uh, yes, we do, Angie. Uh, we have a short module that is available on our e-learning platform, which you can access through OmniView. And when you get onto the e-learning platform, there will be a short video demonstration of the procedure and the care and maintenance of the patient that is receiving hypodermic license. Okay. So in closing, as you have just heard, hypodermic license can be a valuable addition to our infusion toolbox. It provides a safe and effective way to provide hydration fluids to our patients, including those with poor venous access. It may increase patient satisfaction and comfort related to the lack of failed IV attempts, reduce hospitalizations because now we can hydrate our patient in the facility. It may be a better alternative for the confused patient, out of sight, out of mind. It is a skill that is easily mastered by the nursing staff and requires less time to establish than an IV. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today for this podcast. We truly hope that you've learned something and look forward to having you tune in for additional podcasts on a variety of infusion topics. If any of our listeners have questions regarding the information we discussed today, please reach out to your local infusion nurse educator or pharmacy. Everybody have a great day.